0: Welcome to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Phil, and this is the STL Soccer Report. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this show. Uh, today's lineup includes me doing a quick take. Immediately after that game, I gave Evan Villela a call. Evan is uh, famous from the Eastern Conference Confidential Podcast in the Beautiful Game Network podcast network um he also covers mostly covers the bethlehem steel fc and so we talk all about bethlehem steel we do a quick take of that team and of that game rather on sunday evening um you hear a lot of emotional responses from me you hear a lot of him talking about what he liked from his team on sunday so if that's the sort of thing you like to hear That's first off. Second off is me talking to Steve Bernasconi. He is famous from the soccer tour. It is the soccer tour because there isn't another soccer tour as of yet. This guy is going from town to town, city to city hitting up every single soccer town he can on the way from the Fort Lauderdale on the East Coast all the way to the West Coast. He's contemplating Mexico people after he covers all of the United States. So uh, listen in. I talk to him. I, I meet him up at um, Charlie Gito's. We get some pizza. We get some toaster ravioli. We talk a little bit about soccer history in St. Louis, especially soccer history, resonating from the hill, which, you know, obviously that's where Charlie Gitos is. If you've not been there, you should go there. It's probably the best toasted ravioli you've had in your life. And so listen in. We talk soccer. We talk about just human things, things that people experience. We talk about, you know, what he's experienced in St. Louis. Just tune in and listen to what someone from Fort Lauderdale might have to say about St. Louis about soccer in the United States. I had a lot of good conversations. I'm even kind of blanking on exactly what ended up on the podcast interview because we covered so many different things. This guy... I say it later, but he is just such a selfless guy. He's out to experience soccer and experience humanity in the world and and just see what it has to give him um, in life experiences. And so, uh, you know, this guy could have gone out and gotten sponsorships or even gotten hired on in different facets of, of United States soccer, uh, but instead he went independent. He has a, a website you can visit to support him, and I highly suggest you give him a little bit of money to live out the dreams that you and I might have liked to live, have off, lived out, uh, which is touring around the United States experiencing lots of soccer, all the way from Division One to Division Four. All right, that's enough from me. Now you're about to hear me talking to Evan Vallella of the Eastern Conference Confidential Podcast uh the guy you want to listen to to find anything out about bethlehem steel fc thank you okay we're gonna do something new right now i've got evan valella on the line talking immediately after the game i think the game ended less than 10 minutes ago maybe 15 because this Uh, computer is a little slow
0: (laughs) well then you know with the hydration breaks in there you know you you got you got some leeway
1: Exactly, and so amid news of weird lineups coming out for the United States game, the men's national team versus Mexico, um, I think we're going to take a chance here for me to vent and maybe for Evan to gloat. Are you a gloating type,
2: Evan?
0: <laughs> Listen, man, there's only a couple teams where I really get get very amped up about. Be- this sounds terrible. There's only a couple teams that I really get amped up about, like us beating. Um, and and since it's a first time encounter. Um, you know, it's, it's a road win, which is a road win. And I love those, but other than that, there's not really any, you know, Oh yeah, we beat St. Louis.
1: Sure. Yep. I get that actually. Um, so yeah, I just want to clarify what, what's going on tonight. I still haven't even told Evan this. I had to deal with little league soccer and some family things. So I missed a lot of the first half. Um, And, but I've seen all the highlights and everything. Um, and I think by looking at the second half and talking mostly about the second half, that's, it's actually going to be where all the action is anyway. So just to clarify, um, this is not super good analysis. This is just emotional (laughs) reactions right after a game for me, at least Evan, I don't, I don't know. What would you say about what you're about to give us?
0: Um, I'm in the same boat. Actually, I was, I was out in uh, I was down in New Jersey, uh, for, for the first half caught, uh, you know, a fair bit of that on Twitter, but then for the for the second half, I was I was around, so I'm kind of right in the same boat as you are.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let's just start with you know lineups and and maybe the overall plan that you think Bethlehem was coming with tonight.
0: Um, it's interesting because the eleven and even the subs that we used weren't terribly surprising. Mm. Um, I I liked seeing Joseph Samuel get get. Uh, minutes he got 64 which is a which is a career high for him at a, a, a professional level um, what surprised me was the the majority of the bench with uh, Tiger Graham, Dawson McCartney um, uh, wait. the goalkeeper for the academy there was a lot of academy kids hmm. um, which you know they didn't get in but it was it was and that might be because we weren't up until late in the in the second half but it was really you know nice to see some of those guys but the the starting 11 itself i love austin trustee and Hugh Roberts next to each other um i think ken tributt's been really good at center defensive mid um Seku kone has been red hot and he he kept that going and and james chambers you know uh that's what he does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, no real surprises on our end. I'm sure you guys are, are a little different given that you play in a, a decently important match on Wednesday.
1: Yeah. And so I think that's going to be the theme for tonight for sure is, I mean, everything that happened tonight was in light of Chicago fire coming on Wednesday to Toyota Park uh, State, Toyota Stadium. Um, and so. Uh, you know, I looked at the lineup and I thought, okay, we're at home, we're still gonna go at it. Um, I'm, you know, we we set up, basically the biggest thing of note. This is really all I need to say here. It's normal to have Veleski up top, and then normally you see a striker, you know, either with him up top or just below him at number ten. Well, we cool. set up a guy who's normally somewhat of a box to box slash number six guy right cool. below cool. him because he has good. Um, good instincts as far as being up top. His dad was a striker for Trinidad and Tobago and scored a million goals in NASL. I think he might even still hold some records back when NASL was the top, the top league. And so this guy grew up playing striker as many professionals did. He's now a number six. He's played center back, but for us, he's been moving forward and forward. But teaming him up with uh, Plua in the back, you could see mm. a lot of, you know, set pieces and long balls to, a, a, you know, a six foot two uh, bulky kind of guy up top. And so I imagine they were kind of just looking to kind of steal one today and then and then really sure. go at it on Wednesday, um, yep. thinking I thought we could do it, but it, it did not go right. well.
0: And so that's what was interesting. I know you, you tweeted out at one point, you know, your initial reaction to those first two subs you guys made was okay. That's a little weird. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we tie it and then we get the second and then you go, well, why did we, why did we take those two guys out? Um, and I, I guess, you know, I don't think you're surprised that Valeski didn't go a full 90. Um, but I, you know, I was happy to see him leave. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I think, I think he's a great player, but you know, it, it definitely felt like, you know, you, you guys maybe tried to close up shop really early and see all the one 0 win. I don't, I don't really know. I think that was um, part of it, and, and we're not right.
1: necessarily a defensive team, despite you know our, our score well, lines as late as of late. But
0: sure. And then you get the, you know, and and honestly, I think the first goal was a bit unfortunate uh, that you conceded rather, not mm-hmm. you know the first match, but you know the long throw the whole goal of that is just to cause as much chaos as possible. And then of course you have a huge guy like Hugh Robertson there who kind of heads it down. And then there's a little, sure, you know, miscommunication or something and and Kone gets on the end of it and puts in his, uh, you know, fourth in the last five. Yeah. Well, uh,
1: let me say just from St. Louis standpoint though, you know, a set piece defense, that was maybe the worst I've seen all year and and it was just badly handled. No one cleared it well enough. So that's the first problem. Mm Second problem, as the announcer well stated, I immediately thought the same thing. And I felt good about saying it on the podcast because he really clarified it multiple times where our goalkeeper should have come out and punched it out on sure. that second or third touch, whichever it was, where he almost did. And he stepped back and waited and it went right in. So. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, a lot of times, um, and, you know, we saw it late in the match kind of the opposite where Jake McGuire would come out, you know, maybe to the fault of one of his teeth. Uh, but you know, he, he comes out uh, almost every time, um, and, and collects. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, sometimes the stats can be a little, a little weird for the USL goalkeepers, because I think sometimes what does them in more than anything is just the hesitation to, to be brave and go out and, and to punch those balls. And you know um, what,
1: I want to especially say on that topic, I actually think, so we have this guy who, uh, David Lagoric was our keeper tonight, He's was supposed to be our number one, he came from Colorado switchbacks, was the mm-hmm. second team All-USL goalkeeper, and I can't help but wonder, based on his performance so far this year, he's had some great performances and some very bad performances, whether right. his defense was helping him so much in Colorado it made him look really good. And then this defense is just everyone's so far forward all the time. He's he's left out to dry, and he's not he's not keeping up. And so it's really weird, you know. You say that about goalkeepers and coming out and luck and things like that. I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. But I everyone always wonders, no matter what league around the world, how much did that sure. defense help that goalkeeper? And I'm, I'm wondering I, that about I, our guy. Well,
0: and, you know, so it's it's and I saw that last year at Bethlehem. It was okay. We have. Um, you know, uh, smear Bader who played for, for OKC energy, um, and, and, you know, had a couple of really bad, um, goals against late in matches that, you know, the cost us points. And then it was, um, Matt Perella who came in, um, kind of a journeyman goalkeeper and he didn't produce. And I think for, for Perella, as opposed to, uh, batter where it was, you know, batter's just not a quality keeper. I think for Perella it was one of those things where, well, his back line was really bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's just really weird because it never seems like you know, oh, there's you know, really bad keepers in the league because it's always well, maybe their back line's just not good.
1: Yeah, I, um, I think that plays a huge part in in that. It's kind of hard to sign goalkeepers in that in that light. Sure, but it's weird yeah. because our backup um, Adam Gr- Adam Grim Grinwis has been amazing, and you know, it's a Rochester Adam. Rhinos guy. Yes. Yeah, I've loved everything I've seen from him all season, including preseason. Mm-hmm. So I imagine we're yeah. going to see more of him, probably more on Wednesday, too. Sure. Honestly.
0: Sure. So. Sure. Uh, and then the second goal, I I apologize. I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> it you can't happens. really play. it was a it was a hell of a shot and yeah. he took it from a weird angle. And, you know, he's lucky. He's, James is, is lucky he's left footed because if he's right footed, I don't think he, he hits that as well. But, you know. Yeah. You know, a little it, layoff ball and it's our, our second goal for outside the box in two weeks. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, I, I really can't find anything to, to fault the defense from a, from your perspective, at least on, on that one, besides maybe no. just a little more pressure on the ball. But no, th- those are the ones if you, you look got at like Kone up top. You just kind of go, Oh, maybe yeah. he'll shoot it from here too. So.
1: Yeah, those you just look at and say, "Okay, hands up." It happens. Well done, sir. Um, I hope it's right. not the only time that happens in your life. <laughs> Sometimes sure. I wonder that too. But
0: right, right, right. No, no, no. He's a guy for sure that can that can hit those from nice. from that consistently. Very cool. That's something we don't see
1: too much in St. Louis, honestly. Um, so, that's,
0: well, and, you know, I guess uh, the other thing that, that we might not well we might neglect to talk about is the the wind was causing some trouble. Mm-hmm for yeah.
1: sure. Yeah. And you know, I wasn't there, unfortunately that was the plan, but, um, yeah, the announcers were talking about that. And I think
0: well, and even in the, in the flags off to the, to the far side yeah. on the, uh, the left side of the field there, I mean, you can see, and even the balls that were, you know, a lot of those late clearances from Bethlehem, I was like, that's going to just drop straight down like <laughs> on that second ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, and just stuff like that in terms of free kicks in the first half, like Bethlehem was, seal, was, uh, sailing a good bit of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's my other I guess my other sort of initial takeaway was you guys kind of got undisciplined there in the second half. And okay, yeah, maybe they're all tactical yellows, but it was it was a a string of them for sure in, in the first, you know. 10 or 15 minutes of the second half.
1: Yeah, you know, that's normal for us, um, especially our central midfielders, one or two of our wingers. Well, they're just We're yellow card magnets the way they play, um, and so that's to be expected. I wish you could have seen, I don't know if you've seen Ivan Mirkovic play, um, but some of those guys are doing their best Mirkovic impressions out there, just fouling like crazy. Okay. Stoikov is just like him. So sure. I
0: it, it, I think it's a good thing for the most part. No, I mean, so, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think sometimes especially for an MLS 2 team if you, well, which we are. <laughs> um you'll see guys who are afraid to take that tactical foul. Sure. Um Well, and you oh, know what?
1: I'm not talking tactical fouls. I'm talking because oh, sure, the tactical just, ones you just see, but um no, these guys are just kind of terriers on purpose, you know what I mean? Oh,
0: and Yeah. So. Uh, You know, but but I mean, even even back to, I guess, reluctance to get yellow cards for some of the young kids. Yes. And then last week in uh, in the game against Ottawa, for example, Ken Tribbett absolutely cleaned somebody out and got a yellow card. So (laughs) there's kind of I guess there's kind of two schools of thought on that one. And I kind of fall somewhere in between the two, which is hypocritical. But, you know, (laughs) it's what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, let's say 50% is the middle mark on, you know, 50% chance they could get a yellow card or not. I'd say our midfield typically lives right around 65, 70 on every tackle. So, you know, eventually they're going to accumulate and guys are going to get suspended. So it's going to happen. But so far, they've been kind of lucky. So um cool. I you know, I the last thing I think I thought was the worst about this game was those that substitute you mentioned. Um hmm. you know, we pulled off Veleski, we pulled off Tyler David who was that midfielder pushed forward tonight. Um and we pulled on a guy Alvarez and Guzman who are just, oh. you know, neither one is a, a pure striker. They're both crazy fast, can be physical. They're they in don't the
0: strike the type that will come on and immediately make a huge impact kind of in terms of a goal scoring threat.
1: Yes. Now Alvarez can and has in the past, as far as his speed mm-hmm. has definitely worked as a super sub. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was thinking when they came on, all of a sudden it would be counter, 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 like crazy counter attack. It just didn't happen. You guys, I feel like you guys did a great job of holding and maintain, uh, possessing the ball at that point, so, even dirt, somewhat dirty, like fouls and slowness. Like it really it, right. worked.
0: So I I think that's and these are, well, one guy gets plenty of credit because he's the captain of the team, but the other guy I think gets a little bit overlooked just because his minutes have diminished so much this year. Um, not that he doesn't have a role. Uh, so James Chambers is amazing at talking guys through games. <laughs> Um, uh, that, you know, it, it's just a part of what he does. It's a part of his, his thing. He's a veteran. He's been doing this for, for years. He's, you know, won countless titles in Ireland. Um, and you know, he's that presence on the field along with, with coach Burke, who actually over the broadcast, you heard multiple times yelling at sacred Kone to, to, you know, press a little harder. Hmm. Um, and then the other guy who I really, um, I get really excited when he comes on partly because he's our lockup midfielder. Uh, but Josh Hurd came on the 81st minute, I think. And his job basically is to run around and make sure you, the opposing team doesn't get, you know, three touches without him being right up next to him. Mm. Um, and he does that so well. He's kind of like James chambers, protege. Nice. Um, which That's is kind of cool. funny. Uh, actually Josh Hurd is from Cardiff, uh, moved out to, to Washington, went to the university of Washington and was a Vancouver whitecaps draft pick actually. Hmm. Uh, but he's really fun. It's actually really funny. He's really gravitated towards James chambers and they kind of play the, the same style. It's just that Josh has a lot fresher legs. So, um, I agree. I think we did do really well in terms of, of closing out games, which is something we did not do at all well last year. Um, but I think those two guys are a big part of it. And really, you know, Hugh Roberts has been there before too. He's, he's the old guy on the back line. He's only like 24, 25, but you know, he played for Richmond last year. He was an all USL team of the year defender and nice you know they they're just really better at managing games this year for sure especially on the road
1: Very nice and that's a you know it's a vital talent to have for any team Oh my
0: god so Yeah yeah sure Yeah I think in closing
1: um I just want to kind of throw out there that that I'm a little I think when Preki got here we were all super excited and we thought he was going to be a wizard and he was warning us all immediately that it would take time he said mm. I'd like to make the playoffs and then we'll see from there And so, you know, we were all just so happy and high on getting Precky that I think we took that as like, okay, we'll slip into the playoffs, no big deal, and then we're going to go on a crazy run. Um, We'll see if this team really pushes after the Open Cup's over, Um, but if they don't, uh, I'm I'm losing faith in this team a little bit that they'll barely make the playoffs, and I don't really see much happening after that at this point, unless this changes completely, because I've been unhappy with this team for about— six weeks now we've okay. been away for a long time and now we're back mm-hmm. home and yeah, we handled Toronto, but what is that? It's not much right now. Sure. So sure. that's, that's my
0: final thought. What are you thinking, Evan? Uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm really happy. I was happy with the draw against you guys, if I'm honest, just because you play so well at home. Um, mm-hmm. I will more than happily take three points before we play Red Bull two, um, away up at, uh, at Montclair. And, um, it, you know, if it's any form of, solace to you or or people listening at least you guys aren't fc cincinnati
1: (laughs) that is more disappointing honestly i I agree with you actually
0: there you go (laughs) right right? it's it's you feel better by (laughs) other people's misery it's true and so like especially so many angles but like you didn't lose in front of twenty one thousand people yeah you're right that too you know and and we don't have a million
1: red cards in a biter you know that's that's nice too Uh, i'm glad i could i really am (laughs) just just straight hate coming at the end of this little
0: talk here from me listen you know cool works i agree but i I look forward to seeing you guys again in the uh, in the reverse picture up in the lehigh valley though yeah man definitely
1: look forward to it um i think we're good to go man thanks for joining me and and talking me off the cliff there at the end and uh no worries look forward to the next game
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll see you then. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll talk a couple times uh, before then and, and on air as well. So definitely, man. Take it easy. Talk to you later. Yep, you too. Bye. All right,
1: this is take three. I'm gonna try my phone now. <laughs> I'm with Steve Bernasconi. He is meeting me here at uh, Charlie Gito's Is where we met for some pizza and toaster ravioli. Yes. And uh, he is of the soccer tour. If you guys have heard about the guy going all around the country, visiting every soccer team you could imagine, watching games, talking to people, visiting uh, different stadiums, that's him. Steven, how's it going, man?
2: It's good. You're making me sound to, to be a lot better and bigger than I am. but
1: uh, I don't know. I mean, what you're doing is really cool. But hey. I mean, you get that a lot. Um, yeah, but well. honestly, it's, it's a very cool thing. I'm glad you got around to doing it for all of us. Uh, yeah,
2: right, a lot of people living, living vicariously through it, you know.
1: Most definitely. Uh, so tell me, like, give me the highlights of how it's been so far.
2: It's been great. I'm uh, a little more than a hundred days into it and, uh, you know, a couple, couple lows, but mostly it's all been highs and I'm, I'm just loving every minute of it. Um, you know, started back in February. We're yeah. already in June. It's, a long time ago. Yeah, but it's it's weird. Time is going quickly. I Good. I've I've done I want to say almost thirty games. It's a lot. All the way up the East Coast, in the Midwest, Canada, uh, twice. <laughs> so you got your passport. I got my passport. Oh man, I've been turned down at the border. I didn't get anything? turned down, but I haven't talked about this publicly yet. The second time going back in, <laughs> yeah, they thought I was illegally trying to immigrate into Canada, and they like <laughs> pulled me over and had like they searched the van. Yeah. And they like, they didn't detain me, but they like, you know, had to ask me questions (laughs) or whatever else. um, Love it. Yeah, I think that it was the fact that it was like a guy, with no job and all of his belongings <laughs> loaded into a van, I think that was a little suspicious to me. This them. guy's got all kinds of soccer paraphernalia. Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you, what are you really getting at? Yeah. You know, once I showed him the website and whatever else, so they, they're like, oh yeah, you're good. Get out of here. Yeah. But it was like, come on, man. That's uh.
1: really funny. Yeah. Got a really secure closed border with Canada. Yeah,
2: they're they were a little more thorough than I than I thought they would be. So no you know, kidding. Congrats to them. No kidding. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, was Canada good? You get some poutine. Canada was fun. I, I definitely had some poutine. Did you learn any French before you went? Did you try? No, I didn't. I had no interest. In... Did you go to Montreal? I did. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the, the first day I was there, much more culture shock than I than I thought. Yeah. I figured like, ah, oh, yeah, it's Canada, no big deal. Oh, I know. And you get on the expressway, and it's like, oh, everything's imagine. in French. Yeah. And then you know, I'm I'm, I'm getting into the city, and I'm like. You know, I was like, oh, "Am I rude if I talk to people in English? Everyone's speaking French." Oh, so I know. that first day, like before I met up with my host, I was just kind of like in my own little world, like, you know. I was, get that. It was you know,
1: my wife and I visited Quebec actually, okay. and we stayed in Montreal, and we had a blast. <laughs> And I speak uh, just a tiny bit of French. Sure. I got away with some, but for the most part, people know. I mean, they figure out your. Yeah, American, they, a lot of them
2: know English. And... and they're so friendly. Yeah. I mean, just
1: like Canadians in general, yep. for the most yep. part, who I've come across, um, the Quebecois, I guess. Yeah, is, yeah. They're really good it's, people.
2: Yeah, I think I think after that initial. Um, culture shock, and, and once I had, you know, my friend knew, knew French and could take me around the city, and nice. then, then it was like, then I could really appreciate it. And it was, it was a cool city. It was, um, I've never been to Europe, but it felt yes. very European. I think that's what a lot of people say, you it's know? It's
1: why I went. It's what I wanted. Sure. I caught I got a taste of it. Yeah, that's cool. I heard going to, um, Quebec City is better than I, Montreal. I didn't
2: go to Quebec City. I didn't either. There, I, I, I hear that, like, English, no, forget about it. Like there is like only French. No kidding. Yes. That's funny. So.
1: That's cool. Um so where else? What are some other highlights?
2: Um oh, there's just so many, I think. Um, you probably get in trouble for like picking and choosing. Yeah, that's the thing is I don't want to compare too because there's <laughs> sure. so it's like I don't know if we talked about this earlier, but like there's a huge difference between a major league experience and a minor league experience. And you can get a major league experience from a minor league club. You can get a minor league experience from a major league club. So, um, I've had some. Everywhere I've gone, I've had I've had a good time. And that's the common theme is that like the supporters, you know, whether it's two thousand of them or fifty of them, um, they're all pretty cool and and welcoming and accepting. um, And just what I'm doing has kind of resonated with them, and they've been taking care of me and hosting me and. Hooking me up with tickets, whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, it's you know I think Orlando was it was a great one. Yeah. Kansas City was last week. The stadium is beautiful. It is. Um, Those St. Two Louis stadiums uh, yeah. aren't
1: too different, honestly. Other no. Than, no. You know well, the
2: standing. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I think I think the Orlando one, from the like atmosphere perspective, mm-hmm. with the standing terraces and like the roof and everything, it's like it makes for a very good atmosphere. Oh, it's got to. But from like an aesthetic, like. Wow, this is a beautiful piece of architecture. Like that Kansas City Stadium, I don't think I've seen anything like it. Like I it's, agree it's with you. actually like beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've, I've. But at the same time, I've been to like a, a stadium built in like the 1920s that's like falling apart and rusty. And which then, one was that? That's in Detroit, and their supporters oh, paid that's so cool. three quarters of a million to fix it up. It's unbelievable. I'm and, so like, in love
1: with that club.
2: Yeah, and oh. and it's like wow, that is. That's beautiful. It's a different type of beautiful, but it's no less beautiful than a $200 million shiny, fancy stadium, so. Well,
1: and and on that topic, I actually, when St. Louis was going for MLS, I was hoping Busch Stadium was rebuilt. Yeah, It had like a 60s modern look before, Mm. but when they rebuilt it, they made it look like all the brick and steel structures that were around it. I was really hoping our MLS stadium would look that way. That would be cool. Yeah, Yeah. it'd be totally different than anything MLS. But they went with like a, you know, a normal, Mm -hmm. Modern-looking, cool yeah. stadium, but that's awesome that Detroit did that.
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sucker though for some of those like smaller, more intimate venues. Yeah. And so, like even where St. Louis plays, it. Um, oh, hold on, I don't. It. I got it. Felt, felt. Um. It just felt, you know, you were you're so close to the action. There's yeah. nothing separating you from the players and just a couple of field boards, you know, yeah um, even on one corner like there's no rope or anything like you just run right out of there so <laughs> it it was a cool cool atmosphere in the sense that you're you're very close to the players, and that's what I really like about a lot of um minor league soccer is that you know in a major league game they you know maybe there's more ego and they make more money and whatever yeah. else um so you, you don't have that same access to them mm. where at a minor league game they walk up to you and they they, oh, they shake yeah. your hands and they high five you and they come over to your house to record podcasts and yes um it's it's, there's a real beauty in that I, i'm I'm a sucker for it i love it i
1: am too obviously i'm in you know i'm in a mile 18 uh town but i actually felt that way too because i visited um When St. Louis, we're about to go to on Wednesday, we're both going to be at that game, Chicago Fire St. Louis. Oh, wait, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, so last year, no, two years ago, I went to the sporting Kansas City St. Louis game. Right. And actually, you know what? Last year, I went to the Swope Park game versus St. Louis in that big stadium. Nice. And so it was interesting going from a place where I sit like two or three rows back, when I scream at the refs thank you when I scream at the refs they hear me yeah and they look and they look away immediately yeah but when you and players too you know it's amazing Mm -hmm. but when you are in those big stadiums you're screaming and you hear some echoes you know it's it's a totally different feel yes and so when we were almost gonna get MLS I was like that was the disappointing part Mm -hmm. was the part where like all that smallness all that intimacy really does go away
2: yeah and that's and that's the thing to to be mindful of when you see some of these teams that are really pushing for MLS and MLS is, you know, it, it shouldn't be the um, the end-all be-all, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool things that come from supporting a minor league team like that access and yeah. these other things that, um, you know, your, your culture is somewhat sacrificed when, when you go bigger and, and, and better. That's true. Um, and again, not that a, a minor league experience is better than a major league experience, they're two completely different things and they're both equally wonderful, yeah. but things like smoke bombs, things like, you know, having the players come to your house after a game. No and, limits on drums and trumpets right, and things. Right, exactly, uh, or getting your TIFOs approved by yeah. the league office, you know, f- things like that where it's like, yes, you get a better product, yes, you um, have made it, so to speak. You're not mm-hmm. worried about your club's future. Um, like in the minor leagues, almost year to year, it's kind of like survival mode. Um, But it it shouldn't be this thing that you're willing to to sacrifice everything Mm -hmm. uh, to attain. And And I think it's refreshing when you see teams like Detroit City, where they're like, you know what, we don't need MLS here. We've got a really good thing going, and if we can have it on our terms, great. But if we have to give up everything that we've got going for us just in order to see some better players and play in a bigger stadium and have to pay more for our tickets and whatever else, is that really what we want? So... So, yeah.
1: St. Louis is feeling that hard right now. Yeah. I mean, real hard. And so, you get those people who are saying things like, okay, St. Louis has a soccer team, who did they sign? Like, right. who's worth going to see? Right. I've heard that so many times. But, you know, when we missed out on MLS, and I think it is for good, you sure. know, who knows? But, if it is for good, you know you still hear the guys in the lulligans and me, especially like it's still good. But yeah. Like just come out and see it; you're not going to be disappointed. I've never once met anyone disappointed in, in the atmosphere and the situation that's going on, yep. even in the soccer itself. It's good soccer. It's good fun, and so um, people have no idea, I think, how right. good it can be
2: in Division Two II and Three and Four, even. I know. agree. And and you know, not that I have an agenda, but but something that I'm, I'm finding myself preaching is this idea of support local, yeah. you know? And sure, you know, watching watching the Premier League on TV is amazing, and, you know, there's some big players in, in MLS, whatever it might be, but you got a team in your backyard that you can go out to and, and make some friends and yeah. have a couple beers and heckle the, the opponents. Exactly. And, and make friends with the coach or the players, whatever it might be. Um, these are things that you can't do in, in other leagues if you're just sitting on your couch. It so, doesn't happen. Um, yeah, I think it's it's unfortunate that St. Louis might not get an MLS team mm-hmm. or will not. You know, who knows what the future looks like. But I think there's something really special going on here. And and in a lot of places and you don't need doesn't need to be the highest level or the highest quality to be worthy of your attention. I think they put on a good product. It's a good atmosphere. And at the end of the day, there's some really cool people involved that, you know, it's it's definitely worth checking out. I think you just put it so well. That is incredible. <laughs> so let's just take that thought and move on to what
1: was your experience in St. Louis? It's great. went
2: to the game on Sunday night. Yeah, it's, it's weird because um,
0: you
2: know, kind of like you were hyping me up at the, at the start of this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the St. Luligans are on Twitter and they're like, oh, we've got a special guest come in. <laughs> and I'm replying back like, oh, can't wait to meet him, you know, because I'm, I'm not special. But no, they, they took, t- took great care of me and, and there's some good guys there. Um, And what I really like about the St. Luligans is they're, it's it's almost like this, just nonchalant, uh, tongue-in-cheek, just just lighthearted. It's just fun. And not that there's a right or wrong way to support a team, because I've been to some places where they're just, they're very ultra, Mm -hmm. right? And they're, almost have a hooligan vibe or whatever it might be. And the St. Luligans, they were just like a bunch of chill people who enjoy getting together, um, having a few beers, yeah. heckling the opponents, and, and just having a laugh, having fun. Because at the end of the day, that's kind of why we're doing this. It's, it's fun, and um, I had a really good time with them. A lot of fun and interesting inside stories and jokes that I was learning about, like the, the whole chupacabras thing, sure. and the, the ketchup on a steak t shirts just a lot of fun things <laughs> that I think there's a really neat culture And look, was it the biggest group? Were they the loudest group? Were they the most intimidating? No. But were they as fun as any other group that I've been to? Absolutely, and and that's what it's all about is Sunday afternoon, I had a great time. Mm -hmm. And and at the end of the day, that's, that's what I'm looking for. And I think that's probably what most people are looking for.
1: I think so too, and and I think you just described some of that like Midwest charm, actually. Sure. You know, yeah. like we're almost like the representatives of that because, I mean, that's exactly what it is in, in St. Louis and in the Midwest in general. I think everyone's really friendly, yeah. out to have a good time, and you know, any chance we get to kind of gather as a group and, and kind of take care of each other. We were just talking about how my first experience with the Luligans was me on the berm at SIUE and a friendly. It was freezing cold, and I had. One guy come up and offer me a scarf right. and then like minutes later a capo, a capo came up and, and gave me her whole coat because I'm there, I'm sitting there with my two-year-old son, one and a half-year-old son. Sure. You know, we're cold, we're not freezing. Right. But I mean they're just offering literally clothing from the, yeah. <laughs> that they brought to the yeah. stadium to take care of us. And so there's that that vibe of just like taking care of your, each yep. other and, and being there to have a good time, like you said.
2: Absolutely, and, and this is kind of something we talked about earlier, is having that that identity as a group. And that, that sense of belonging or unity um, that I think maybe people are missing in their lives and, and to have a group of 20, 50, 100 people who you can become friends with and you can mm-hmm. spend afternoons with and, um, you know, if it gives additional meaning or, or purpose yeah. or excitement to your life, I think that's what a lot of supporters groups are doing and, and the the vibe the Lulugans had, it's just very fun and, and welcoming and... Um, yeah, all different types of people, and it's just—it's just a good time. And I, I think that's what I'm taking away from this trip is just how um, how generous people people have been to others within the community. You—you you, yeah. just like you know them giving you a scarf and a coat. You know, people are literally giving me money to, to go on this thing, and it's incredible. I'm a stranger to most people; people don't yeah. know who I am or whatever. But but the fact that we're part of this soccer community, there's something greater than us as individuals. Mm. Um, It's been incredibly humbling to see, and um, refreshing, you know? I think the world is kind of portrayed as this big, scary place sometimes. And in my experience, just on this trip alone, like I've just met some amazing, kind, warm people that are letting me into their homes and and opening their supporters groups up to me. And Mm. it's just, uh, it's been amazing.
1: That's that's amazing to hear. I don't want to take too much time because we're sh- we're kind of shutting yeah. down. <laughs> they're, trying, they're trying to get right. us out of here. Huh? <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: Um, so um, let's just close out with um, you know what's ahead of you,
2: and then uh, where can people kind of find out about you and what you're doing? Yeah. Follow what you're doing. So I'm uh, I'm approaching the halfway point, which is it's kind of exciting for me. You know, <laughs> I bet <laughs> it's weird. But, you know, time is. Like I, I still have, you know, very vivid memories of, of the start of the tour, but if I look back it's like, wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, wait, wow, I've been doing this three, four months already. It's crazy. So right. I'm I'm just enjoying it every day that I'm that I'm on the road. I'm grateful that I'm doing what I'm doing and that, you know, people are people are enjoying it and mm. people are interested in talking to me and, and hearing what I'm up to. So I'm loving it. I've got um I've got more of the Midwest to do, a little bit of the South. Um, and then heading out west. And so I'm, I'm doing this for the duration of the season. Um, until October, and then who knows after that, but... I heard rumors of Mexico. I think I... You know, I, I don't know if I'm going to actually drive down there. Sure. But I definitely want to at least walk across, go to Tijuana, maybe check out a Cholos game. There you go. Yeah, I'm already out there. I might as well. I agree. And then, you know, just enjoy the drive back. Go to the Grand Canyon, go to New Orleans, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so I'm having a great experience, you know, soccer-wise, but also just personal growth and, and finding out about myself and um, what I like and what's important to me and um, you know, it, it really is the, the trip of a lifetime for me. So if so people like want to find out more, you know, you just go to thesoccertour.com. The Soccer Tour on Twitter is where I'm most active and uh, you can read some of what I, what I write or watch some of my videos, whatever it might be. And, uh, and hopefully people like it and, and find value in it. And um, if not, hey, I'm doing it anyway. I'm enjoying it and I'm having exactly. a great time. So what, uh, what can you do? I love
1: it. My favorite thing about you
2: is, I mean, you've been so humble
1: as people can already tell talking to you about it. and, and... I can tell. I mean, you're not in this. You could be going at this with sponsors. You could be going at this yeah. with like writing for certain people, you know, taking over Instagrams and things like that. Sure. But you're just out to experience it, and I'm I'm a little jealous of that, especially. Thanks. Uh, because you know, mm. we're not just talking about soccer tonight, and we're talking about talking about life, human experiences. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So that's good stuff, man. And so that's the kind of thing you can kind of find on the SoccerTour.com, and I, I recommend everyone goes, and I recommend everyone supports Steve in, in um, I, what is Patreon. Is where we can support you, right? Yeah,
2: Patreon is, is the big one, and um, I'm just again just so grateful to have the support that I have. I've got I want to say almost ninety people now nice. helping helping fund this thing. Um, I don't spend any money spending you know overnight accommodations. I either stay with people that want to open their doors to me, or I sleep in the van. And yeah, um, you mentioned crappy meals. I've had you know <laughs> you, you know you got to eat fast food and whatever else. You know there I'm you on a, I'm on a, a bit of a budget. Um, but that's great, and it makes you so appreciative for what you have. And mm-hmm. when I do get uh, a nice meal or uh, a place to stay or a free ticket, whatever it might be, uh, you don't take it for granted. And you know, at the end of this thing, you know before I set out, I knew I was going to be a changed person. I knew this was gonna be a big life experience for me, and I'm just hopeful that it's making me a better person. And mm-hmm. that's at the end of the day, I-, I think it is, and I've gotten gotten to meet some amazing people and do some amazing things but I always wanna be mindful of just how lucky I am and how grateful I am to, to have the support that I have and uh, the life that I have. So it's awesome, appreciate you talking to me.
1: Yeah man, thank you very much uh, for sharing your experiences.